and welcome to Health Savings News, the new podcast about health care costs in America and how to save money on the often expensive expensive care all kinds of people need. I'm your host, Evan O'Connor, joined by retired doctors Rich Sagel and Mike Woods. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Well, this is Rich. My background is family medicine and occupational medicine, and I am also the founder or co-founder and president of Needy Meds. Yeah, this is Mike Woods. Um, I'm a pediatrician who's been retired from practice about 10 years. I've spent the, uh, the time since then uh, is in multiple roles. One is a medical editor of patient education literature. Um, one is writing topics for pediatric providers, helping them to keep up to date on the latest medical care. Um, as the special projects director here, uh, Health Savings News is one of my special projects. Um, I started researching it and building up information over a couple of years ago um, as ways to help uh, people understand why our health care is so expensive and how they can uh, reduce costs for it. So I'm finally uh, anxious to get around to uh, starting to present some of this information for you. Um, and as Evan pointed out, this is our first uh, podcast to uh, start uh, doing that for you. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so Rich and Mike have uh, over 50 years combined experience working in healthcare. Uh, as they've said before, we all work together at Needy Meds, a national nonprofit information resource that connects people in need to programs that can offer them uh, offer them help to afford prescribed medications and other healthcare costs. Uh, I'm the content specialist at Needy Meds, where I've researched and produced written and video content for the past nine years. Uh, Mike is special projects director, as he said, and Rich is the founder and president. Um, Rich, if you want to talk a bit more about Needy Meds, uh, that would probably be great for our audience. Sure. As you mentioned, Aaron, Needy Meds is an information source. We have data on about 35,000 different programs that help people who can't afford medications and health care costs. They cover all different types of programs. Programs that cover medication costs, free low-cost sliding scale clinics, programs that help based upon diagnosis, camps, scholarships, and retreats, state programs, $4 generic programs, and many other types of programs are all listed on our website, which is www.needymeds.org. The website gets about ten to 15,000 visitors most workdays, and we have a free helpline which gets four to 6,000 calls a month. Awesome. We'll put the contact info for the helpline at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, we all work together at Needy Meds. Uh, we care a lot about healthcare costs. And I know you've said before, and like other venues, Rich, that like ideally Needy Meds wouldn't need to exist. We could all just go home. Uh, but uh, it, unfortunately it does in the United States. Um, so each episode of Health Savings News, we will have tips for saving on your health care costs, a uh, topic for discussion, and relevant news that affect and reflect the health, expensive landscape of health care in America. I, th I think uh, the important thing is, is Rich and I have a very a long uh, clinical background, and we think that makes us unique uh, to help patients make a good uh, or, you know, be a good um, balance between saving money um, and still having the best possible health care. Um, as even though both of us retired from practice, we both still have um, very much uh, the best interests of patients uh, in mind with, with whatever we do. Absolutely. 
and uh and yeah we'll we'll probably talk about it in future episodes but yeah the the cost of care and the quality of care aren't always uh relative in in, in, the, in the u.s um but our, our first topic of conversation uh, for is uh, follow-up appointments and the unnecessary costs that can be associated with them. Uh, waste accounts for about 25% of U.S. healthcare spending. Uh, the annual cost of waste from overtreatment or low-value care is estimated from $75.7 billion to over $100 billion a year. Uh, out-of-pocket costs often include gas and transportation, meals, food, loss of pay for missing work, co-payments, deductibles, lodging if the appointment is far from home, and child care. I'd like to start by um, pointing one thing out. We're talking specifically about follow-up appointments. Um, you have to distinguish between what is follow-up and what is actually an appointment where you physically have to go to the office. Um, so we're not really talking about phone calls um, or other ways that the doctor can contact you. We're really talking about having to get out of your house, get in your car, and go to the doctor's office. Um, we feel that uh, that's not as needed as often as it's really done, and that's what we would like to focus on during this discussion. What got me interested in this was one of my employees was talking to me about a follow-up visit she had for surgery on her foot. And she was complaining she had to take half a day off work, drive about 40 miles, as I said, miss time at work. And when she got there, the doctor looked at her foot, said, any problems? She said, no. And he said, fine, you're all done. And she felt that that was a wasted visit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So there were some things that I'd really um, release some background about this. Um, is why do physicians want follow-up appointments? Um, and unfortunately, I think Rich and I would both like to provide the answer is it's really just training and habit. Um, we learn in medical school uh, that it's important to do follow-ups. Um, a lot of times it's not really stressed why. It just is business as usual asking a patient to come back. Um, over time, that has evolved, um, and in the new uh, way of approaching medicine uh, is to look for evidence for what doctors do. And we need to look at this evidence and try to figure out when do you actually need to come into the office physically to be seen? Um, and the answer can't be, I've always done it this way. Because most of us were trained, a lot of us were trained years and years ago. And to think that what we learned 30 years ago is still relevant or valid now um, is the height of hubris. We need to look at what the physician expects from the visit, what the patient expects from the visit, make sure they coincide, and what can be done without having to have a visit? With the rise of telehealth, it's changed the scope of when someone needs to be seen in the office. The only real reason to see somebody is because you want to do something that cannot be done without seeing the patient, without examining them. Yeah, I've listed uh, some things that you really need to think about before uh, either agreeing to an appointment or if you are a provider actually asking for one. 
And the first and foremost is, what are you going to do with the visit? Are there going to be any changes made in my medical care? Uh, is there any testing that I might need that might uh, change my medical care? Um, will there be any physical findings that need to be seen or heard or touched that can't be done with a camera or microphone because the technology may not be up to the resolution needed uh, to look or at some of these things. Um, for instance, you can't see ear fluid uh, over uh, uh, a camera. Uh, you can't really hear subtle wheezes, which would be important after an asthmatic attack or changes in murmurs. And you can't examine a joint for range of motion over the phone. Uh, and my final thing is, is um, as a physician, trying to learn about rashes by looking at pictures uh, was not very valuable because rashes are three-dimensional in many cases. So in a lot of cases, to actually truly evaluate a rash, you have to touch it to see if it has bumps or swelling or heat or something like that. Um, a lot of times when I do follow-ups, I do it to assess compliance. Uh, your patient may tell you one thing over the phone, but looking at them in person, uh, you can tell that they're not really doing what you're saying. Um, I found that very common with asthmatics who assured me they were taking their medicine, but when they came into the office, they looked and sounded terrible. Um, for the most part, people with severe illnesses probably need to be seen. You can feel better, but you can still be in trouble, uh, and it will take examination, sometimes uh, vital signs, to actually do that. And finally, there are certain diseases where subtle findings may not be evident uh, except in person, such as people with cancer, uh, diabetes, heart failure, and other significant chronic diseases. I think it's important for the patient to ask the physician or healthcare provider, what are you going to be looking for at this visit? What sorts of things are you going to be evaluating when I come in? So if you had surgery, they may talk about looking at this the incision and how the healing is, whether there's any signs of infection. Some of the things you can do at home, you can do yourself. And that's what we want to discuss because that's where extra care, extra costs come into play. Yeah, for instance, if you need a dressing change, depends on how compli complicated the dressing is. You may need to go in to the office and have it done, or you may actually have it done uh, by a visiting nurse who could come to the house for a much less cost, or in many cases, you can even do it yourself. So it, it really comes down to um, the situation. And that's another thing that I think Rich and I need to stress is that it's not black or white of follow-ups. Everything is situational. And if your doctor's not looking at your specific situation, including how mobile you are, or if you have a car available, whatever, they're not doing their job. Well, that's true. And I think that, that follow-up visits sometimes have a bad reputation because people come in, they're very short, and they wonder whether the doctor ordered the visit just to be able to, <clears throat> whether just to be able to charge for another visit, whether it was really necessary. Yeah, although for the most part, for surgical, some surgical procedures, the follow-up visit is part of the original cost. So you're pretty sure that that's not the reason. But, you know, having said that, I have had many surgical follow-up visits that were totally unnecessary that I went to anyway, just because, you know, I'm a doctor and, you know, I have to, you know. 
Because you're a doctor and you shouldn't treat yourself. That's right. And, and I want to support my fellow physicians and what they want me to do. Yeah. But one of the questions you should always keep in mind is ask the doctor how whatever he or she wants to do is going to change the treatment. Because if they say, well, it's not going to, then is it really a need to come in? I know my wife had a fracture, and every visit the orthopedist wanted to get an x-ray, and yet it never would have changed the treatment. As you guys have said, the reasons for necessary follow-up appointments are varied, as individual as your patients often. Uh, Patients may be looking for reassurances. Insurance companies may require prior authorizations for referrals. Uh, or doctors may have legitimate concerns from reported symptoms that could easily develop in something serious or just as easily be innocuous. As Mike, you said, there are obviously some follow-up visits that are essential to maintain the health of patients, especially for cancer treatments and stuff like that, and with certain conditions and others under specific circumstances. Yes, um, all, all is not uh, gloomy. Um, there's actually a resource that I find very useful Uh, that patients will as well. Uh, And it's a website called Choosing Wisely. Um, It's uh, based out of Canada. And what it does is it actually um, looks at evidence for things that uh, have been done in medical care for decades and decades and um, tells, tells us which ones really are valuable and which ones have not been over the years. So Evidence, ev- medicine is evolving through evidence, and the same thing is true of follow-up. So this is a, this is a good sign. Uh, when you go on the website, there's a patient version that starts with five important questions to ask the doctor. And the first one on the list is what Rich says is, why is this necessary? Um, when you look at the physician version of this, some of the things that they talk about are really turning heads. Um, And those of us who are um, into evidence-based medicine find some of the things that are still in use are very scary. Um, I have a couple of pet peeve ones, and one of them is uh, I had uh, partners who would do a rapid strep test on anyone with a sore throat, whether they look sick or not. And uh, when you do that, it's actually a worthless endeavor if your patient's not sick because you're about 100 times more likely to pick up a, a, a harmless carrier state and put your patient on antibiotics unnecessarily. Um, I've seen people continue to use routine urine exams in otherwise healthy patients that usually only involve in additional testing and uh, a bunch of anxiety on the patient's part until the urine comes back uh, negative. Um, and the final one that really bothers me is, is ankle x-rays on sprained ankles. Um, I've, the recommendation is there are certain physical exam findings that are um, very uncommon with sprained ankles that will tell a doctor that they really need an x-ray. However, when you talk to emergency room physicians, they say, oh, I don't have time for that. Um, I just get the x-ray before I even see the patient, and um, you know, then I see the patient and I have the x-ray there. I don't have time to see the patient, get the x-ray, and then see the patient again. Um, again, bothers me a lot, but um, I just it, it's hard for me to understand um, physicians who just don't evolve with medicine and just continue to do things um, 
just because they've always done that. We'll be talking more about that in, in future podcasts, including things like the regular physical exam, routine lab work, x-rays, etc. We'll, we'll hold, out, hold off on that for other, other podcasts. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of subjects for discussion that we'll definitely touch on in future episodes. Uh, I have one more thing I'm going to uh, say on this topic. Uh, studies from American Medical Association show 70% of the roughly billion physician visits Americans access each year are unnecessary and could be mitigated by a phone call, e- or email, or text. As you've both said, telemedicine appointments can be an effect- efficient alternative to office-based visits that is both acceptable and more affordable for patients. The last segment of each episode, we're going to suggest some of the culture, art, entertainment, and social causes we've been engaged with to each other and our listeners. I've been listening to American Dissected with Dr. Abdul El Saeed. It's a podcast on the Crooked Media Network. Uh, The host is a former health commissioner in Detroit, and he speaks really authoritatively, and it's very informative. Really good recent episodes have been on Teeth with uh, Mary Otto, who is a journalist and author of the book Teeth, the Story of Beauty, Inequality, and Struggle of Oral Health in America. Uh, there was a really great listener mail Q&A episode with Travel Anderson, who's another award-winning journalist. Uh, and the most recent episode I have queued up that I haven't listened to the whole thing is about uh, the innovation gap between the health challenges of marginalized people and how they are not usually catered to with uh, effective um, treatments and tailored to their unique health challenges, being low-income, black, LGBT women, all sorts of things. They're a very interesting podcast that I would suggest to you specific, specifically, Rich, but anybody who would be interested in that kind of stuff. Um, I will suggest another podcast called Public Health on Call. This comes from Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, and they put out many podcasts talking about public health issues. Obviously, COVID hasn't been an important one, but they've been talking about other issues also. Um, They're short, about 15 minutes, not full of jargon, and have very good experts. I highly recommend it if you want to know what's going on in public health and want to stay apprised of the latest in COVID diagnosis and treatment. Um, Rather than follow podcasts, I actually follow issues. Um, My uh, primary issue that I'm following now is COVID, um, and I'm writing articles for one of our uh, sister websites called BeMedWise, and trying to inform uh, the readers uh, of the truth behind um, what's going on with COVID. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of misunderstanding of the science. Um, there's a lot of political overlay and for some reason an awful lot of anger associated with the issue. So I'm hoping that the topics I am creating uh, for Be Medwise will answer all of these questions um, and give people a, a good and accurate overview of the COVID Uh, pandemic as it continues to evolve. Thank you all so much for joining us for this first episode of Health Savings News. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. It really does help. Health Savings News uh, is a bi-monthly podcast. Uh, Catch our next episode in two weeks. 
You can follow at NeedyMeds on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And you can follow at HealthSavingPod, no S at the end of savings, uh, on Twitter for updates specific to this podcast. And send questions, comments, and topic suggestions to podcast at NeedyMeds.org. Our music is composed by Samuel Rulon Miller. His music can be found at musicisadirtyword.bandcamp.com. All of our sources we used in our research can be found in this episode's podcast description and the website or your podcast app of choice. Health Savings News is not intended to substitute for professional medical, financial, or legal advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional or appropriate professional with any questions. Views expressed on Health Savings News are solely those of the individual expressing them. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent the views of Health Savings News, other contributors, the Needy Meds organization, or staff. Do you need help affording your prescription medications? Are you a patient advocate or healthcare provider who wants to help your patients afford their healthcare? NeedyMeds is a nonprofit information resource that connects people to programs that will help them afford their medications and other healthcare costs. Our mission is to educate and empower those seeking affordable healthcare with a vision of affordable healthcare for all. We achieve our mission by providing databases of information on patient assistance programs that provide medications at low or no cost for those that qualify, coupons and rebates for prescription and over-the-counter medications, free, low-cost, and sliding scale clinics searchable by zip code, recreational camps and retreats, as well as academic scholarships for people of all ages affected by chronic health conditions. Nonprofit and state-sponsored programs that provide various forms of direct assistance to patients based on diagnosis, including financial assistance, testing and screenings, assistive technology, durable medical equipment, home or vehicle modifications, travel expenses, lodging, delivered meals or access to a food pantry, home care, child care, service animals, animal-assisted therapy, clothing, wigs, scarves, and much more. NeedyMeds also offers a free drug discount card that can be used at over 65,000 participating pharmacies in the United States to save up to 80% on the cash price of your prescriptions. There's no registration or activation, never any personal information is collected, and no restrictions on income or immigration status. The NeedyMeds drug discount card is available as a physical card, a printable version, and a smartphone app. All of our information and the NeedyMeds drug discount card is available for free at NeedyMeds.org or through our toll-free helpline at 1-800-503-6897. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. NeedyMeds has been helping patients access and afford their health care for over 20 years. Find assistance for yourself, a patient, or a loved one at NeedyMeds.org or toll-free at 1-800-503-6897. NeedyMeds is a 501c3 national nonprofit organization. You can find our financial information as well as donate to our ongoing work at NeedyMeds.org.